He is the System Director of Infectious Disease for Ohio Health. Let's talk to Dr. Joseph Castaldo. Hi, doctor. Good morning. Good morning to you guys. How are you today? Good, good, and good. I'm watching the evening news last night, and this UK variant kind of scaring me a little bit. It's currently, I, I think it was 33 states. Will this vaccine we're currently administering, will that help against this new variant? Absolutely, yes. It's been looked at. When you look at all the vaccines that we either have or the ones that are being studied, they are 100% effective in preventing people from dying from COVID-19, including the variants. We need to keep our eyes on the variants, obviously, they uh-huh. recognize in more than 30 states, but um, the vaccines are effective in preventing people from dying from COVID. What are you hearing? Because there's some, you know, and listen, I've, I've had it, but I would get the vaccine in a second. But some people, for some reason, just won't get the vaccine. What are you hearing? Why not? And what would you say to those people about the naysayers about the vaccine? Well, a lot of it has to do with people uh, not understanding either how the vaccine is approved. You know, the, the, the approval process is by three independent boards, the detailed studies. But most importantly, I think the biggest reason why people um, have vaccine hesitancy is because they heard something that may or may not be factually correct. You know, one of the things I've been dealing with throughout COVID-19 with this pandemic is the infodemic. And, you know, a lot of people right. um, are getting information from social media from this person, that person, you know what? We need to recognize that and and have venues where people can get factual information. Not only that, but also ask questions in a non-judgmental way. You know, a lot of people uh, hear things and they're either afraid to ask questions or they hear things from uh, things that are out in left field, but they really have no uh, way to reliably fact check that. Now, Dr. Gasoldo, do you also think people are a little bit wary because of the progress made? Think of what we've been able to do. And I'm sure for you, very humbling to get this vaccine out and learn as much as you can. But we've crammed it all in in a year what's equivalent to 10 years under normal circumstances. And people are like, I don't know if I trust a vaccine that they've come up with in six months. Yeah, let me go. Let me go through some reasons to kind of uh, explain how we got a very, very safe and effective vaccines out in a short period of time. It was really kind of like an alignment of the stars. You know, keep in mind we have learned a lot uh, about this virus previously from very similar coronaviruses. We had SARS in 2003 and MERS, MERS in 2012. Yes, these are different coronaviruses, but we learned a lot already uh, about those. The second thing has to do with the new technology that we have today that didn't exist uh, 10, 15 years ago, specifically uh, with genetic sequencing, where we can map out this detailed uh, virus Uh, This was not available when HIV first hit the scene in the 1980s. Also, too, we have new vaccine platforms, messenger RNA vaccines, adenovirus vaccines. These vaccines have been in uh, clinical trials that have been used since the 1990s. We have used them before, so we have a comfort level with them in clinical trials. In addition to that, we have uh, new vaccines that people are using now. There's a new shingles vaccine called Shingrix. There's a new hepatitis B vaccine that's very, very similar to the Novavax vaccines. Uh, Another mechanism was the federal government. The federal government gave a lot of money to vaccine companies because there's not a lot of money to be made in making vaccines. So vaccine companies are very slow in doing it because they don't want to have that financial risk. So the federal government took that financial risk away and said, you know what, here's your money. Do everything in a very, very efficient way. And then finally, 
the last thing that really allowed us to get a vaccine out that's very safe and effective is there's so much COVID-19 activity going on out there. Whenever we have a vaccine specifically, half the people in the study, half the people get the vaccine, half the people get the placebo, and then we have to wait for them to uh, get the infection. And with so much COVID-19 activity out there in, in the world, it was an easier study to do. So the, so the take-home message is, yes, we did get vaccines out um, in about a year, mm-hmm. but the way the studies were done are exactly the same way as previous vaccine studies. And the way the vaccines are reviewed by three independent boards of non-politicians um, is exactly the same way. And I, I feel very confident in uh, recommending the vaccine uh, for the public, recommending the vaccine for my patients, uh, my family, even myself. I received the Pfizer vaccine. Yeah, it seems like the fears, I mean, obviously are with the vaccine itself. The mm-hmm. problem seems to be more the distribution and even getting enough of it. We're with Ohio Health's Dr. Joseph Gastaldo this morning. Let's move on to the masks. Do I need to wear two? Come on. Yeah, you know, the the CDC recommendations on wearing a mask are unchanged. And really, you know, there's no mask police that are out there. You know, people need to wear a mask that is covering their nose, their mouth, and their chin, and it needs to form a tight seal covering their nose. You know, uh, I'm sure everybody listening to this recalls seeing people out in public wearing loose-fitting masks that yeah. um, are not covering their nose. Right. People need options. My, the size of my face is probably different than yours and other people. <laughs> but, you know, what? we don't want to get in the weeds really too much and saying, oh, um, you're not a uh, double-layer, triple-layer, right. N95 mask. The CDC recommendations are this, to wear a cloth mask that's two or three layers, a mask that you can easily breathe through, and a mask that's well-fitted and covering your nose, your mouth, and your chin. Um, I'm happy when I see that. I think, too, when you talk to the public uh, about messaging with recommendations, the simpler that you explain it to people, the more likely it's uh, uh, to be followed. But, again, people need to have options in wearing a mask. And uh, there may be situations where you're in a higher risk scenario that you do want to wear a double layer mask. But really, the recommendations from the CDC, a two or three layer cloth mask. And and you can get cloth masks with more than one layer in them. Just a matter of of dissecting. But still a single. Yeah, Yeah, but still a single one. Yeah. Hey, Dr. Gastaldo. Now, the CDC said if you had the coronavirus, you have the antibodies for at least three months, that you're basically immune. But couldn't you honestly say, and I get the hesitancy to extend it longer than three months, but people were starting to get this virus March, April, May. Uh, Isn't it safe to say, all right, the recommendation's three months, but people probably, the majority of people, immune maybe nine months? Yeah, uh, well, we really don't know. Keep in mind, when we talk about antibodies, you know, the antibody levels that we do on people, uh, they're all different. And, and, and we, don't know, we don't know with certainty if you have a detectable antibody uh, that you do have any type of immunity. You know, mm-hmm. we're now more than a year into this pandemic, and uh, we are seeing more people who get a second infection with COVID-19. And we don't know with certainty how long immunity lasts when people get natural infection. And again, we're used to talking about antibodies but things, uh, for things like measles and chickenpox. With measles, if you have a detectable antibody, we know that that means you have immunity. But with this coronavirus, that's not the case. The antibodies that are out there are all different. Here's another example, too. HIV. 
guess what? You get antibodies with HIV too, and those antibodies don't provide you with any type of um, immunity. So you have to be careful uh, when you talk about uh, antibodies because we don't know really what the antibody means uh, for this coronavirus. Human behavior has got to be one of the biggest things that we've all been dealing with when you think about being COVID-weary and people are being tired of being told what to do. How much longer do you think that we uh, as a society will have to continue wearing the masks and continue to do the social distancing until everyone's vaccinated? Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of a race against the clock. The, the whole wild card, there's two wild cards in answering that question. Number one is getting vaccines into people's arms. Look, we, we need to make that a national, state, uh, city priority. You know, we are in the equivalent of a world war. It's a world war uh, not against another country or against each other. We're at a world war against a virus. So we need to kind of get in that mindset. In our country, we still have the equivalent of a mass casualty of over 3,000 people dying on a daily basis. And so, so that's, that's wild card number one, getting vaccines into people's arms. The second wild card are these variants. Um, you know, our country has been lagging on doing uh, RNA sequencing, where we do the RNA fingerprint uh, of the virus. Uh, they've been doing a lot more in Europe and South Africa and other parts of the world. And these variants are people who get these variants, the virus spreads more efficiently. People are more contagious. So uh, we, we, it is being speculated, and I do believe this, that um, we're going to be seeing more of these variants out there um, by spring. So uh, as we see more of these variants, uh, there could be, and I, I do believe this, there were more people getting COVID-19 because these variants spread more easily. So really, we're at a race against the clock to get yeah. vaccines into yeah. people's arms. And Doc, I know we have tons of parents out there and a lot on even in this building that we're working and have children in school. Have we done it right with the schools? And you talked about misinformation. You hear that the schools are fine and the science says it's safe. What Have we done it right with how we've dealt with the schools, public well, schools? Uh, public schools. So obviously we, we need to get kids in the school. You know, kids are having, a, it's having effect on their sure. education, their Psyche. development, and this, that, the other. But, you know, what we know about COVID with kids is, yes, Kids can get COVID, and very rarely there are kids who can get quite sick from it. But uh, we, we do know that uh, kids uh, going to school, when the mitigation practices are followed in school, schools are, are pretty safe when it comes to uh, COVID. Where we see that there being um, um, opportunities to making that scenario better is with what kids are doing really in their private lives and after school. But generally speaking, schools can be uh, done safely, keeping in mind that we have to follow the COVID mitigation strategies like wearing a mask, physical distancing, et cetera, et cetera. System Director of Infectious Disease for Ohio Health, Dr. Joseph Castaldo. Something that I think is big, maybe I'm on a different planet, but I was just curious about if if we've advanced in it uh you know you have people like myself overweight i have had two rare diseases autoimmune uh, i got it don't know how i was asymptomatic outside of extreme fatigue for a couple days then there's someone who's same age super healthy they get sick as a dog for three months have we learned through research or data at all why certain people are asymptomatic and certain people get really sick and die have we learned have we gained anything through research on that yeah, a little bit, yes. And again, the, the scientific answer really is we don't know yet, but uh, there's a lot of signals out there in, in various studies that, are, that we're looking at. For example, um, we think that there's a correlation with severity of illness 
and your viral load. You know, um, the higher the viral load people have with infection does correlate and there's an association with worse outcomes. Uh, so that, that's one thought. A second thought is uh, observationally, we note that people in the hospital who are very sick uh, do have lower vitamin D levels. Now, that, I'm not saying that low vitamin D uh, is the cause of severe COVID-19, uh, nor am I saying that people should be taking vitamin D. That's a, that's a <laughs> I was just going to yeah, yeah. I have that written yeah. down, vitamin D. <laughs> Yeah, but, but, you know, that, that's, a, that's a great observation. And really what I tell people is, you know, go to your doctor and talk about it. Get a vitamin D level checked and uh, supplement it if needed. You know, vitamin D is a fat-soluble vitamin. And, and if people just start taking it and take it in the mega doses, they can be very sick. So, again, back to the original question, we don't know the exact answer. We think maybe there's an association with viral load also in association uh, with low vitamin D levels. So I had another infectious disease specialist say I would be a great case study. I'll let you poke me for a little bit if you want. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I can think of all kinds of uh, blood work to do on you. <laughs> <laughs> so could I. <laughs> Doc, you're a terrific guest. I see why, why you're the assistant director over there. Nice job. Can we have you back sometime? Absolutely. I'm happy to talk to you guys. Listen, this is an important topic. And you know what? If somebody listens to this and feels more comfortable getting a vaccine, uh, then I will sleep better at night. We, we need to engage everybody in the public and talk to them in a non-judgmental way about the vaccine. And it's not just this radio audience. It's all communities who really need to be uh, uh, engaged about the COVID-19 vaccine. Hey, when it's available, we'd love to, if you could set it up, we'd love to get it on the air in the studio if that's that's a possibility. If it helps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in a selfish way. <laughs> we need vaccine champions uh, for every community. All right, we're in. Hey, All thank right. you so much for your time. Thanks, Dr. Gastaldo. Thank you.